Charlotte. It's Shelby. It's Riley. And, and it's, it's time, time to smut up and listen. Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't advocate for kink shaming or author shaming. This is all in good smutty fun. Enjoy. Today's episode trigger warnings are systematic sexual abuse, suicide of a loved one, and explicit sexual content. And today's book is Priest by Sierra Simone. And how many stars did you give it on Goodreads, Shelby? This is a reread for me. And both times I gave it four stars. I also gave it four stars. I'd even venture into like four and a half star territory. Okay. My quote for you, Riley, is it makes me hard as fuck knowing I was the first man to taste you. Oh, a virgin, huh? And mine is I'm sanctifying you from the inside out. You feel that? That's my finger fucking your ass. And in just a minute, it'll be my cock. It'll be my cock consecrating you. Oh, Oh, I'm excited. (laughs) I start today's episode and we are in our main male character's POV. His name is Tyler. He hates the confession booth and it reminds him of the old fashioned one in his home church in Kansas City. He is assigned to this parish because of his past, but he's done everything he can to update it to be more modern. So he's a priest at this little local parish in, they're like right outside Kansas City. I forgot the name of the town though. I don't remember either. Not important. Some town. He's currently sitting in the confession booth waiting for his reconciliation hours to be up when someone finally steps in. It's a woman and she admits that she's never done this before. He walks her through how to start and she also admits that she's never been particularly religious, but she wants to talk about things that are bothering her. She just doesn't know how much to tell him because he is a priest and what she has to say is of the carnal nature. Oh, carnal nature. Uh Her confessions are wild. they are something else. <laughs> Every time she would like do her confession, I'd be like, I would not tell this to a priest. No. <laughs> tell it to your diary. Yes. Die with that secret. Yeah. <laughs> she tells him that she's done something really bad and needs to know if it will be okay and she can live with herself. She doesn't elaborate further, but he tells her that he knows how she feels and can't promise her everything will be okay in the end. And then he thinks to himself about his sister. We're going to get into a trigger warning about how he had to pull her down from the rope in the garage on that day. But he shakes the thought of that to tell her to find whatever love is left in her life and hold on to it tight. She might find one day that she has a life that makes her happy again. He can tell that she's crying over this and she says thank you and then she leaves and he doesn't see her again. It's been one week since the mystery woman and he's in the confession booth again when she steps in. When she shifts in the seat, he catches a glimpse of her. She has dark hair, white skin, and there's a flash of red lipstick. His body shifts and he's uncomfortably aware of how tight his slacks are. And he's a priest. Oh, he's getting a little bony. <laughs> a little yeah. priesty bony. You little pervert. <laughs> She asks if she's talking to Father Bell this time because she looked up on the website that there's a couple different people she could be talking to. And he says yes. And she says that she thought it would be easier to put a face to him, but it's not easier because apparently he is very hot. We switch to our female character's POV. Her name is Poppy. She's wondering how she's going to describe being an ex-stripper to a priest and she doesn't feel like she fits in anywhere. And that's why she ran away from the life that she lived. But she finally 
finally lets it all out, and after a moment of silence, he tells her that they should continue next week because he can tell that she's barely holding it together. She asks if she has some sort of penance for this, and he tells her no, and they both step out of the booth at the same time. He's speechless when he sees her because she is gorgeous, hair almost black, pale skin, large eyes, and lush lips painted red. And before I could stop myself, I thought, I want my dick in that mouth. I want that mouth crying my name. I want... That's not very priesty. No. Yep, I want to put my dick in that. (laughs) He stops himself from thinking more and tells her he'll see her next week. And then he calls her by her name and she freezes. When she freezes, her lips part and her eyes dilate while she looks at him. And somehow that made everything so much worse. Because now it was only the thin line of my self-control that kept me from bending her over a pew. And spanking that creamy white ass for making me hard when I didn't want to be. making me think about her naughty mouth when I should be thinking about her eternal soul. Sir, are you okay? <laughs> He's not. She literally did nothing. She just yeah, confessed she... and he was like, God damn it. <laughs> He's all backed up. <laughs> The next day, he's on his run thinking about the parish things he needs to accomplish and trying not to think about Poppy. He's disappointed in himself from being super distracted by her, and he thinks that the next time she comes in, he'll just tell her that he can't be her confessor, like he'll have to pick somebody else for her. But as he's running, he runs into someone, and it's Poppy. Of course. She is in the world's smallest running shorts and sports bra covered in sweat and comments on him listening to Britney Spears. And he's like, this must be a fucking test from God because what the fuck? Because she's half naked. She's looking hot. Yeah. He's God's toughest soldier. (laughs) (laughs) When he doesn't answer her about the question about Britney Spears, she asks if she can come in for normal office hours because she thinks this whole religion thing might be what she needs in her life. And he tells her it's fine, but it's not for everyone. So if she changes her mind, there's no pressure. And what about an unbelievably hot priest? Is that a sound reason for exploring the church? (gasps) Poppy. Very forward. Yeah. He doesn't say anything and she's like, I'm only joking. And then she's like, a little bit. And then she like jogs off. And I was like, you're teasing a priest. You know he can't do anything about it. Yeah. He is gonna sin. I think he's gonna. (laughs) We fast forward to Thursday. He's at his parents' house for dinner with his two brothers, Sean and Aiden. He's happy to have a break from his collar and thinking about Poppy. And like, I had to reread that because I was like, a collar? Oh, yeah. His brothers are talking about some invite-only strip club and they're teasing him saying he should probably go get some energy out since he has carpal tunnel in his right hand and he like (laughs) leaves his brothers to argue over this to help his mom with the dishes when he sees that she's been crying he hugs her for a super long moment because he knows that his sister's death killed all of them but not nearly as much as his mom and then on his way home he thinks about the club the boys were talking about and the club that poppy previously mentioned and he's wondering if it's the same one so he's like starting to get jealous now thinking about his brothers watching poppy uh-huh he thinks to himself as he's driving that he needs to reschedule office hours and tell her that she has to see the women's group person for that not him and then the next day on his run he again runs into her because apparently they have the same jogging running paths now but he doesn't do what he told himself the night before he tells her that these are his office hours if she's still interested and she says yes but she wants to be there in half an hour so they go their separate ways and he takes a cold shower before he meets her. Mm-mm-mm. Poppy's early to their meeting. As he takes her to the office, he puts 
puts her in a lounge chair and then sits in the opposite one. She starts at the beginning of her life story and how she ended up in Kansas City. Apparently, she was the perfect rich daughter, graduated from Dartmouth with an MBA. She volunteered in Haiti. She's supposed to go to Juilliard. She always felt like something was missing growing up because she didn't share her parents' ideals. So she ran away and hasn't spoken to them in three years. She's also like, I don't know why she used the word runaway because she's like 27 years old. (laughs) She's I ran away from home. I was just a young 23-year-old girl. I'm still a teenager. (laughs) He starts to tell her that she was brave and he understands when she interrupts him and tells him that he doesn't know anything about how that upbringing was. And he kind of interrupts her and is like, okay, let's not be judgmental here. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. She's like, okay, no, don't, you don't understand. You didn't go to Dartmouth, Dartmouth, whatever. (laughs) Dartmouth. Dartmouth. You don't have an MBA. You're a priest. You don't know how hard it was to grow up rich. He starts to tell her a little bit about his sister who was abused by their priest at his childhood church and how she committed suicide at 19. The priest only, I guess, got 10 years in prison and then all the other families of victims were mad that his family stood up for them and so they got shunned. So he's like, I kind of know what you mean by getting shunned by your own family. Like our family got shunned by a community whereas you're getting shunned for not wanting to follow footsteps. Let's not be judgy. Yeah. Everyone has their shit. She apologizes and says, okay, so he knows what it's like and he tells her to continue. She ended up in Kansas City after attempting to work in a New York office, but she thought that she only got the job in New York because of her last name, not all the hard work that she did to get there. And then she ended up at a club where she stayed for a while. She was able to dance again and it was a classy club. Very expensive to get in. She loved every moment of it. And she said that the coat check was like $500. Oh, Jesus. Like a gentleman's club. Uh-huh. And the VIP tables were like 7000 Like, it was like High fancy, end. fancy. Yeah. That's where like shady businessmen go. Yeah. He asks why exactly she loved working at the club. I liked how it felt. Having men watch me with hooded eyes, wanting me and only me. Not my education or my pedigree or my family's connections. But even more than that, on this raw, primal level, I loved the way men responded to my body. I loved that I made them hard. The sad thing was that I was actually starved for sex while I was turning down all these offers. I'm sure you know the feeling, father. Like the slightest breeze is enough to send you over the edge. Like your skin itself is combustible. I'm sure you know, father. I'm sure you are bricked up. We're both just so horny. Father, we're horny. (laughs) He doesn't say, but he definitely knows the feeling because he feels it right now towards her. And then she continues and tells him how wet she would get watching them touch themselves in private rooms. And then she would start touching herself in front of them, but she wouldn't let them touch her. These are the diary thoughts. Yeah, Yeah. diary thoughts, not priest thoughts. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) ma'am, this is a church. Nobody has ever told me this. Usually people tell me that they just have impure thoughts about not their wife and not yeah <laughs> finger fucking themselves to customers. <laughs> right. And uh, oh god. <laughs> I wanted to be fucked, fucked and used. I wanted to be filled with someone's dick. I wanted to have fingers in my mouth and in my cunt, in my ass. Yeah, that is literally <laughs> what you write in your diary. That's not what you say. <laughs> to a priest. To a priest. He cannot breathe. Yeah, at this point, I feel like she knows what she's doing to him. (laughs) He asked for it. She's like, you're hot as fuck. I am going to turn you on. (laughs) 
I will fuck up your life right now. <laughs> I will make you sin. He can't breathe and she tells him she knows that's probably some sin, but she will still wants it even now. And all he can picture instead of comforting words is what she described. Her phone rings and she tells him she has to go take care of some work stuff and thanks him for his time and then just leaves like nonchalantly. Have fun with your blue balls. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as she leaves, he locks the door and immediately jerks off and comes all over his desk. And then he like looks up and he's like, oh, shh, don't look at that. Because <laughs> there's like a crucifix on the wall. There's like a picture oh, of sorry Jesus. Sorry, God. Dude, Poor Jesus. Jesus. Are you there? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> I just came all over my desk. I'm yeah, sorry. Please forgive me for my sins. Fast forward sometime later, he's at a local coffee shop with his computer looking at his Walking Dead Reddit, which is like his number one thing that he continuously talks about is like he loves Walking Dead. That's so okay. It's like the only thing he talks about. <laughs> So he has two tabs open, his Walking Dead Reddit, and then trying to do a church fundraiser for all the renovations. And Poppy walks up. She asks what he's doing, and he tells her that he's looking at not Walking Dead Reddit. He's looking at fundraiser stuff. And she offers to look at it since she does have an MBA. I'm guessing they didn't teach you a lot about spreadsheet formulas in Latin class. I was usually busy in the other kind of sheets. Who's saying what? She's saying the first thing. Okay. And then he's being naughty. He is being naughty. I was usually busy in the other kind of sheets. I'd meant it as a lighthearted quip, but it came out lower than I'd intended. More intense. It came out like a warning. No, it came out like a promise. (gasps) He's going to get in between the sheets with her. (laughs) She is now very distracted and he immediately apologizes and goes to grab his stuff. And she asks if she can walk back with him since she lives on the same block as the church. And he's like, of course you live on the same fucking block as the church. Sure, let's go. And as they walk, she tells him that she hasn't lived here long. She actually still works for the club. but doing financials for them instead of dancing obviously she points to her house and it's not on the same block it's like two houses down from the church yeah he can like see her house from his little window yeah he's like if i go to the rectory at night i can probably look into one of her windows and be a huge pervert he offers to help her if she ever needs help with like moving furniture and she says that she'll take him up on that and then she kisses him on the cheek and she leaves she's getting like progressively more like touchy i was gonna say she knows what she's doing it's monday and poppy walks into the confession booth ready to continue her story we hear about Sterling Haverford the third. Sterling Haverford the third. Oh, who's that? It is her ex-boyfriend. Their little backstory or whatever is that they would be on again, off again, and then she found out that he was getting married to some other rich snooty girl. But he is coming into the club and flips her world upside down. It was the first time that she's seen him in three years since she left, and he asks for a private room with her. And she's like, I should say no, but okay, let's go to this private room. He grabs her and tells her that he would have never married her, not because of her name, but because she's a slut and only made to be a slut, not a wife harsh you can't turn a hoe into a housewife is what they say and she knows that he's not wrong but she was also lonely so she let him fuck her like the slut that she is in the private room of the club and that's her real sin apparently and why she is at the church trying to figure this out and she's having a really hard time with that i was so hard that i could feel every ridge and slope of myself through my pants 
Jesus. <laughs> my other hand toyed with my zipper as I stroked, trying to keep my breathing silent. Could I unzip myself quietly enough that she wouldn't hear? Could I jack myself right in here in the booth without her knowing? Priest! <laughs> Tyler, You're get a priest. Yeah, honestly, Tyler, put your dick back in your pants. He tells her that God made us sexual creatures, and she says that he made her a little too sexual. Even now, she, and then she stops, and she's like, I should probably go. He beats her coming out of the booth, so, like, he gets out before her and traps her in and says, what were you going to say? He knows in his head that he would have moved if she asked him to, but she doesn't ask. But then she bit her lip, those slightly too big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> He talks about it so much, her like buck teeth, and he loves them. Yeah, she has like slight buck teeth, but he thinks it's sexy. <laughs> He's like, you're slightly too big teeth. <laughs> I would cry. He's yeah. like, man, I love those big fucking teeth of yours. Fucking Bugs Bunny. <laughs> Come here, you little hellbilly bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Digging into her lower lip, all pure white, digging into the sharpest, bloodiest red imaginable. And then she rubbed her thighs together, a tiny noise coming from somewhere in the back of her throat. I stopped seeing a penitent. I stopped seeing a child of God. I stopped seeing a lost lamb in the need of a shepherd. I only saw a woman in need, ripe, delicious need oh sir he tells her to turn around and she complies and then he asks her to finish that sentence but to remember lying is a sin and she says that she can't say it here let alone to a priest and then he touches her back between her shoulder blades and lightly pushes her down he notices under her pencil skirt she's not wearing any oh (laughs) he asks if she did that on purpose and she nods and then he spanks her twice and lifts her skirt i knelt down behind her and spread her legs spread them so that her cunt was gloriously bared to me my little lamb i whispered you are so very very wet right now also my little lamb do you like it i i like it it's better than like what were the other ones bunny and kitten kitten yeah i think i like little lamb better than ken and bunny always with the baby animals though i know yeah, why right. leave the babies out of it you are so very wet oh He grabs her ass hard and she whimpers. And then he kneels and says that he knows this is wrong, but maybe God won't punish him for one taste. God will punish you. Yeah, he's going to smite you. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to burn in hell. I traced my way from her clit to her cunt with my tongue. Forgive me, my God. But no communion wine, no salvation had ever tasted sweeter than this. And one taste would not be enough. Woof! She cries out and he almost dies because the taste and the noise. He continues to eat her out like a starving man and she's more perfect than he imagined in all his fantasies. He then starts to finger her and he thinks that he might come in his pants doing this alone. And then he looks up to see the crucifix above him and he's like, boner kill. Fuck, this is stupid. And then she comes immediately. And it's the most beautiful hymn he's ever heard. He pulls back and she says that no man has ever made her come with their mouth before and he's shocked. But he tells her it makes him more hard knowing he was the first one to taste her. And then he also feels immediately guilty and he's like, I am so sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I broke all my promises and my vows. And he goes to leave, but she stops him and says not to check out on her. And then she unbuckles his pants and pulls out his dick, telling him that he's a very good priest, but also a good man. And good men need a little indulgence every now and then oh uh, yeah married men do poppy yeah married
married in the eyes of the Lord. Not married yeah. to the Lord. She starts to stroke him and she tells him that after the first confession, when she looked him up on the website, she's touched herself ever since to his picture more than once. And all his self-control goes away. Show me, I ordered. What? Lie down on this floor, spread your legs, and show me what it looks like when you fuck yourself thinking of me. Her mouth parted and her cheeks reddened, and then she was lying on the carpet, her hand on her cunt. <gasps> Mm-hmm. She's very easily swayed. She is. She is. Say less. She's like, you just gotta say it twice. I'll do it. <laughs> As she touches herself, he strokes his dick and asks why she didn't wear underwear. And she admits that she's been touching herself in the booth multiple confessions. <gasps> you little horn dog. <laughs> she is a horny little rat for sure. God is watching. Smite, smite, smite. <laughs> he leans over her and bites her neck and collarbone and they both continue to stroke themselves. And he wants to fuck her more than anything and it's very difficult for him not to just shove into her. And then all of a sudden she flips them both over like she's just the fucking Hulk. Also, what time of day is this? Are there not It's other like the middle of the day. In the church. Anyone could walk in. I guess that makes that's what makes it more hot too i guess i don't know she sat on me her slick cleft gross (laughs) sliding against the underside of my dick and then she started stroking me that way as if she were jacking me off with her pussy i raised up on my elbows so i could watch it watch the way her flesh pressed against mine the way her bare cunt allowed me to see her ripe clitoris peeking out (laughs) ripe clitoris ripe for the picking It's just a juicy little mandarin. Ew. (laughs) I hate that. (laughs) She continues this pace until she demands him to come because she needs to see it. And then she goes like real aggressive and she demands every drop. And he thinks that she's the filthiest woman he has ever met and he wants to keep her all to himself. And he does come an ungodly amount and she's right behind him and she finishes as well. Poppy bit her lip and dragged one finger across my stomach, coating it in my orgasm, and then brought it to her mouth. My cock jumped as I watched her suck it off her finger. Wow. This just reminds me of the Mormon soaking thing. Do you guys know about the Mormon soaking thing? Oh, I actually recently learned what that was on tiktok yeah and wow uh, they're just soaking in cum or like no it doesn't it they the person will put his dick in but just leaves it right just leaves it Uh uh-huh they don't penetrate at all yeah and then sometimes they'll have someone like if it's on a bunk bed or maybe like a regular bed they'll have a friend like move the bed so it's not like they're having sex what yes and they consider this okay yeah it's not sex because they're not thrusting they're just soaking okay it's so fucking gross (laughs) that's so weird to me ew He says her name and she says that she's sorry and then she gets up, fixes herself and she leaves. And then he goes back to the rectory, like absolutely hating himself for this. Later on, Millie bursts into the kitchen scaring him but has a bunch of casseroles and she's one of his most active parishioners and is also the church's bookkeeper and she's like his second mom. So since he started working at the church, she shows up once a week with food and takes care of him even though he insists that she doesn't need to do that. She's like a very sweet like 60 year old lady today though he feels like he doesn't deserve millie's caring for him he needs to scrub the floors with a toothbrush or do something else for like a penance he feels like that's what he deserves and she knows something's wrong with him and asks if there's any problems with the pretty new neighbor and he's like what 
What do you mean problems? And he tries to tell her that there's nothing between the two and that she's actually just going to help look at church finances since she has an MBA. And Millie says that's perfect. The two of them can meet for coffee since she's the bookkeeper, not him. She tells him it's perfectly natural for him to be attracted to this girl since he's only 29. And since his first day at the church, he's always preached about how normal sexuality was. She also tells him that all her 60 years of living, a man and a woman wanting each other is the least sinful thing that she's ever seen. And then she leaves. The next two days pass and he doesn't see Poppy, but Friday morning mass, she's there along with his three normal other people. He tries to focus on mass and not how fuckable she looks. When she comes up to take communion and he puts his hand on her head to do the blessing, he can barely get the words out. There's some type of electric current between the two and he knows that she can also feel it. After mass, he bolts back to the sanctuary and wonders why God didn't take the temptation away from him. I cared about her as a person, as a soul, and I wanted to fuck her and that was a recipe for something much worse than carnal sin it was a recipe for falling in love (gasps) falling in love he decides for like the millionth time that he needs to tell her to see the woman group leader and not him from now on and when he goes to find her he sees her at the altar staring at the relic and crucifix he asks if there's anything she needed and she says that she was signing up for the pancake breakfast tomorrow to volunteer and he says that would be much appreciated and then she leaves so he doesn't again tell her to go see somebody else nope he's weak The pancake breakfast goes smoothly and afterward he sends everyone home so he can clean up and as he's cleaning, Poppy comes into the kitchen asking how she can help and he's like, I thought you left and she says, no, she had fun today even after a rough night and he asks why her night was rough. Sterling called and left a voicemail reiterating everything he said to her at the club and he told her that he was coming for her and Tyler is fucking pissed and he's jealous and he's trying not to be. He tells her that she absolutely is not allowed to meet with him. and now she's pissed off but he says but i know how dangerous a man can be when he wants a woman he can't have like you she said and the mark was so ruthlessly and perfectly aimed that i nearly staggered back she called him out yeah she did and then she turns and she leaves it is three in the morning and someone is pounding on the door he gets up to open it and he sees that it's poppy she is soaked from the rain and has a bottle of scotch of course she is of course she is oh it's better her shirt is completely see-through since it's all wet and he can see her nipples but he steps back to let her inside he is getting hard and she notices so he turns to like walk away so he can adjust himself and she's there to apologize for their fight and offers the scotch as a peace offering can priests drink yeah i guess so i just can't fuck yeah god made wine right or jesus turned water to wine so i guess it's okay to drink wine okay she goes to leave but he tells her not to and then he tells her to go to the living room and start the gas fireplace he'll be there in a moment he pours the scotch into two coffee mugs and brings them to the living room with him she apologizes again for their fight and taking advantage of him monday and he tells her that she should not apologize for monday because it was on his shoulders too like they both have shared responsibility for it she gets mad at him saying she's a grown woman and made the decision to let him go down on her and she's not weak or being taken advantage of and he's like i know calm down <laughs> it was like, both not what us. i'm saying and then she tells him not to worry about her or her body again she'll respect his vows and his outdated chivalry and then she goes to walk away but he grabs her and tugs her down between his legs i was at the perfect height to sit up and suck on her nipple through her shirt which i did her hands laced through my hair as she moaned wait sucked on her nipple through her shirt yeah. through her shirt because he can see them remember her shirt's see-through so he's just sucking on her t-shirt yeah (laughs) yes 
I shouldn't put you over my lap and spank your ass for being a brazen little slut and coming here without a bra. I growled in her ear. I shouldn't twist ropes around your wrists and ankles until your cut is exposed and then screw you until you can't walk anymore. I shouldn't flip you over and fuck your ass until your eyes water. I shouldn't drive you down to the strip club and fuck you in the back room so that you'll forget all about Sterling and the only name you'll remember to say is mine. I lightly bite her nipple again. Or God's. Can't forget about God. <laughs> the most unprecise thing I've ever heard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Something tells me he had a little bit of a past. He used to be a, a man a boy, pretty much. Yeah. He's got experience. Uh, he does. He pulls her sleep shorts down and asks why she came here tonight. Did she actually want to apologize or did she purposely come over with no bra and panties to tempt him? She tries to pull away, but he tells her no, they have tonight and then no more and she nods. He commands her to get on her knees and take her shirt off. She pulled the cotton shirt over her head and dropped it on the floor and I had to fist my hands in my sweatpants to keep from tackling her and screwing her brains out because holy fuck were those breasts perfect. (laughs) He just fucking tackles her to the ground. Around, like a linebacker yeah <laughs> i wanted to see my cock slide between those tits i wanted to jet my climax all over them i wanted to feel them press against my chest while i stretched my body on top of hers all right do it do it he lowers his pants enough to free his dick and then he commands her to lick and in his three years of celibacy he forgot how amazing something like that felt she licks his dick a couple different ways and then he commands her to suck and as soon as she starts he's like i'm literally gonna come right now yeah so he stops her and he tells her to take her bottoms all the way off and get on the kitchen counter and she obeys he steps up to her and lets his dick settle between her legs and then he leans down and he kisses her for the first time but he notices when he's kissing her like she's not really kissing him back she's being kind of like stubborn and closed off why oh you're gonna find out (laughs) so he asks if she wants him to fight for the kiss and force it from her and she nods her head she says i want to fight she's like try to get in my mouth go for it He does just that and he grinds his hips into her and finally when her mouth opens and their tongues touch, he again almost comes. They break their kiss. I want to be inside you. I said just a little, just to feel it. Oh God, she breathed. Please, it's all I've thought about since we've met. You have to hold really, really still, I warned her. Will you behave? (gasps) Are they about to do the Mormon soak? They are, yes. She moves a little and he tells her to stay still or he's going to come. And if he comes, he will bend her over his knee and spank her until she learns to listen. She obeys and he tells her to come around him and then he starts to rub her clit. She does her best to stay still and then he starts calling her like a bunch of filthy names and he can tell that she is really into this. Just to double check, he says, are you okay with me calling you these names? And she says yes. So he calls her a slut and then starts biting and kissing her neck. We love consent. Yeah, he's like, wait a minute. Is this okay with you? Can I call you a dirty little whore? (laughs) She likes it. (laughs) She tells him that she's going to come as he continues to kiss and bite and rub her. And then she does. She begs for him to come in her because she's on the pill and he starts to protest. But she says, Tyler, if this is the only time I need to feel you come in me. So he agrees. And he can't move inside her though. So she just barely moves her hips slightly for minimal movement. And he like immediately like done. He soaked her ass. (laughs) yeah Yeah, he did did. but like my thing is why is that okay it's not why does that not count (laughs) i don't know same with like eating her out or her sucking you off how does that not fucking count he it counts and he knows that it counts 
I was yeah. gonna say it counts. He helps her clean up, and before she leaves, he says thank you, not just for the scotch, but what happened. And then they kiss, and she goes her separate way. It's two days later. Poppy's gonna come over for lunch, and his boss, Bishop Bove, calls, and that bishop is at a Kansas City church. He's calling to talk about the clergy convention next year and the panel that they are hopefully going to get. And it's a panel on systematic abuse. And now Tyler feels like shit again because of what he's doing with Poppy, because technically. Like, it could be systematic abuse. Yeah. The bishop tells him how proud he is of Tyler for all his hard work. And Tyler's like, can we not talk about me? Don't be proud of me, please. (laughs) Don't talk about me at all. When the phone call's finished and he hangs up, he thinks that he'll go to Kansas City next week to go have dinner with his parents and then go do his own confession about everything with Poppy. And then he leaves to meet her at the small winery with Millie because they're all there to do, like, the bookkeeping slash fundraising ideas. He tries not to think about Poppy and how hot she was the other day with Millie sitting right there. And I'm like, good, because she's, like, a sweet six-year-old woman. Like, that would be gross. don't. And after they fine-tune some fundraiser ideas, Millie leaves. Poppy and Tyler head back towards the church in her house, and Poppy tells them that she will not be at confession today. He is disappointed, but tries not to say it, and she says that she does want to commit to the church stuff, but she's not sure how to pray. Like, she feels silly doing it, so maybe she can come over one day after a group for office hours, and he can teach her how to pray. I think you're going to pray to this dick. <laughs> also, what do you mean you don't know how to pray? Just close your eyes. Pray. Dear God. It's not that hard, Poppy. Don't be stupid. You have an MBA. <laughs> yeah. He finds Poppy a couple days later. She's in the sanctuary and the air is charged but quiet. And all he can think about is like how it feels when he's in there and it feels like God is present. He doesn't want to interrupt her, but he does walk up to stand directly behind her and he wraps his arms around her. She relaxes into him and they stay like that for a moment and he feels very content. Maybe it was God's plan all along for us to end up here alone in the sanctuary and forced to face the truth that this was more than a friendship. This was more than lust. This was something raw and real and undeniable and it was not going to go away. No, it was not. She turns in his arms and he says that he can't help himself and he's so sorry and then he kisses her. She begs for more and the kiss deepens and then Poppy finally pulls away and says that she should go home. He offers to walk her and she agrees. As they walk, he feels like he needs to be with her more than anything in the whole world and he whispers that he wants to see her again and he doesn't care what happens anymore. She is very, very quick to agree with this. He says tomorrow and she says that she can't. She has to go do like this new club software for the financial stuff so she's not going to be back until Thursday. But he can come inside if he wants and he says no, that doesn't give him enough time with what he wants to do. But then he like grabs her, spins her around under like the little trellis, like undoes her jeans and starts like finger fucker. As one does. Because that, there's enough time for that. Just fuck her real quick. It's fine. Yeah. Get a little soak in. (laughs) He tells her that he wants to fuck her Thursday if that's okay and she whimpers and nods and then he makes her come on his hand and then he licks his fingers clean and he says he'll see her Thursday. He's trying to get through youth group and is completely removed from all the verses and just not into it. He keeps praying and hoping that God will visit him again and give him some type of peace over the situation, but nothing ever comes. It's Thursday and he has not seen her yet. 
He has been semi-hard all day and he has jerked off multiple times because he's like, I can't wait to see this girl. Jesus Christ. Semi-hard all day. That sounds painful. He decides to call her while he is jerking off and she answers thinking it's like an emergency. She's like, what's going on? Are you okay? I hesitated. God, this was so fucking crass, but I wanted her voice in my ear as I did this. I'm hard, Poppy. I'm so fucking hard that I can't think straight. I'm hard. Help me help me puppy she asks if he's sitting with his legs wide and he says that he is so they're having like a little phone sex you know uh-huh. and then she tells him that he has a new text and to open it i held my phone away from my face and nearly passed out she'd sent me a picture of her fingers buried in her cunt you're so fucking dirty i said and then another one came through this one angled so that i could see her black high heel braced against the edge of a desk uh-huh sending a little dirty yeah, photos nude she wishes she could see him so he decides to get his own camera out and then she tells him that she's in her boss's office making a mess on his desk rude that is that rude. is so rude <laughs> getting your bodily fluids on there that's just comes in and he's like why is it stinky in here <laughs> why does it smell weird he comes on the recording and then sends it to her and she watches it and tells him if she were there she would lick every last drop if you were here it would all have gone in your tight little cunt i growled would it have with just your little tip in there <laughs> She comes and tells him to call her anytime now that their phone calls are going to go like that. And then they hang up. It's now Thursday night, 7 p.m. So a couple hours later, she finally shows up and he lets her into the rectory and kisses her passionately. He lifts her up and pushes her against the wall to learn she's not wearing any underwear again. Classic. Yeah. Classic poppy. She asks if she's in trouble and he says yes, but he needs to bend her over first to see how bad. And I was confused about that. But when he takes her to the altar, he like wants to see how wet she is. Let me see that wet little puss. So he takes her to the altar, sends a quick forgive me prayer, and then lays her so she's like an offering and quickly ties her hands with white rope. He tells her that she was naughty for wearing such a tempting dress with no panties all day, especially at work. And then he spanks her, then cups her vagina, telling her that he's making this his tonight. And I was like, oh, possessive. He checks for consent because he wants to be rough and possessive with her. And she says, yes, he can use her and be rough as rough as he wants. He can even leave marks. He tells her to get up and then he takes her dress off before undressing himself. She kneels and asks to suck his dick and then he fucks her mouth until he's about to come and he stops. He picks her up and brings her back to the altar to lay her down. I bit at the inside of her thighs. I circled every inch of her pussy with my tongue. I kneaded her breasts with rough hands until she squeaked and then nibbled at the dip of her navel and sucked on each nipple until she was writhing on the altar. I took kisses from her rather than sharing them with her. I slid my fingers in her cunt not to make her feel good but so that i could relish the sensation of the slickness against my fingertips god damn after he takes what he wants from her body he climbs up and settles between her legs he pushes into her and says a prayer and he notices that he can hardly fit and he's like way too big which like they're all too big in these books oh (laughs) so big he's blessed (laughs) she's shaking and he feels awful like that this is their first time so he tries to ease back and she tells him to stop to give it to her how he promised and to not be nice he tries to tell her that he doesn't want to hurt her because he cares about her too much but she tells him to just do it so then he starts to roughly fuck her until she comes and she says amen (laughs) 
<laughs> Amen. Amen. He goes to grab a white cloth, which he says is normally used to wipe the communion chalice to clean her up. And he's like, using these sacred objects to defile this woman should be like bad, but he feels like they make it more um, holy than sacrilegious. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Sure, I don't understand how, but... Whatever makes you feel better. He cleans her, wraps her in the altar cloth, and holds her to him. And she tells him that she wants to fuck him again right now, and she moves to straddle him. He starts to say that he loves her, but stops. So she finishes and says that she's falling for him, too. And he knows that they can't carry some secret affair if they love each other, but he also isn't sure what that means for his work at the church. And instead of trying to, like, figure everything out, he just flips her over and starts fucking her again. Later in bed, he tells her more about his sister Lizzie, about how she was as a person, and, like, all the good things about her up until the awful day that he found her. And then they talk about how he became a priest because of Lizzie and what happened to her. And they start to, like, talk a little bit about their future, but he gets nervous and he decides the only way to get out of the conversation is to just eat her out. It's the only way. Yeah. That is the only way. He's like, I know it will distract this horny little rat. Tyler wakes up alone in the morning wondering what the hell just happened with Poppy. So she left. She humped and dumped. Yeah. She keeps doing that, I feel like. Every time they do something, she's like, okay, gotta go. Mm -hmm. He looks in the mirror and hates what he sees and breaks down crying about not being a good man. He doesn't see Poppy at mass that morning or any of the church functions that day. The next morning, Poppy shows up to help with the pancake breakfast but doesn't talk to him. So on Sunday, he caves and sends her a text saying that he's thinking of her and she starts to type but never replies. So he gets the three little bubbles and then it just goes away so she's ghosting him yeah that'd give me so much anxiety if i were him the next morning she still hasn't come to mass but she slides in on the other side of the confession booth that afternoon and he asks her where she's been and she asks if he's mad at her and he's like yes no i don't know kind of he doesn't know how to feel she confesses to him that she feels a lot of guilt by pursuing a relationship with him and took a few days to reflect on herself and he simply asks how long it's been since her last confession so he doesn't even acknowledge what she says and he's like why are you here what do you need to confess about she confesses about how good it felt to fuck him in the church and she can't decide whether she wants to cut things off with him and let him go back to his vows or pursue a relationship with him but she can't stop thinking about him and doesn't know what kind of person that makes her so here's my final confession i knelt on my bedroom floor like i was going to pray but instead of praying i spread my legs and fucked myself with my fingers pretending it was you and when i climaxed i hope to god that you would be able to hear me calling your name okay <laughs> she's like i feel bad about this because you're a priest but just so you know i went to pray and ended up fucking myself <laughs> yeah. that's how you pray right we never had the how to she doesn't know how that's uh, it's so hard <laughs> Tyler unbuckles his belt and asks Poppy to tell him more, so she goes into detail about how badly she wanted him while she masturbated thinking about him. He pulls his dick out and asks what she was thinking about when she came. I thought about you taking my ass while you fingered me, about you pulling out to come on my back. Shit. I was hard before, but now I was practically concrete. <laughs> I was concrete, baby. I was a fucking brick. <laughs> He shoves his dick back in his pants and he tells her to go to his office now. She obeys and as soon as the door is closed, they're on each other, making out and touching each other frantically. And he slips his hand under her skirt and sees she's 
not wearing underwear again. She's never wearing underwear. No, does she own underwear? I was going to say, it just sounds like she just doesn't wear them. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he surprised every time? He said, oh my God, for the fifth time in a row, you're not wearing underwear. <laughs> That's crazy. He tells her she's fucking filthy and he starts to fuck her with his fingers while calling her degrading names just the way she likes it. And then he pulls his dick out of his pants and shoves right into her, fucking her roughly. Let me put it in your ass, Poppy, I said. I ran the tip of my nose along her jawline making her shiver i want to fuck you there oh god she whispered yes please okay <laughs> i want to fuck want you to there fuck you there right in your booty i want the other hole <laughs> he knows they need lube so he tells her to stay put while he goes to the back of the sanctuary and finds a bottle of oil used for baptisms when he gets back to poppy he tries to take his priest collar off but she tells him to leave it on and then he flips her onto her stomach and begins to prepare her. Leave your collar With the on. anointing oil. Blasphemy. My favorite part of the book. I unstoppered the vial and drizzled some of the oil on my fingertip, which I then used to paint a slick circle around the tight rosebud of her ass. She quivered under my caress, involuntarily tensing every time my touch grazed her there. But her pussy clenched too, and I could see how she was starting to press her hips into the floor, trying to alleviate some of the ache building in her clit. I added more oil to my fingers, and started teasing and testing at her rim, massaging her, loosening her. Her this rim. She's a kinky ass priest. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I just can't get over the, I want to fuck you there. There. <laughs> right there. There. My bum hole. <laughs> he asks her if she knows what the oil is and she shakes her head no, so he tells her and she gasps. What is anointing oil for? It's like what they use for baptisms. It's the sign it? of the cross for baptism. Oh shit. Okay. They're putting that on baby's foreheads. And on her asshole. He's anointing that ash. <laughs> he is. I'm anointing you now. I informed her. I'm sanctifying you from the inside out. You feel that? That's my finger fucking her ass. And in just a minute, it will be my cock. It will be my cock consecrating you. No, don't touch yourself, sweetheart. We're going to get there together. <laughs> Teamwork. I don't like that. <laughs> he lubes up his dick, and as he's about to enter her ass, she tells him she's never done this with someone as big as him. He tells her that if she can't handle it, to tell him to stop and he will immediately and slowly begins to enter her he pushes in in tiny increments and when he's fully seated they sit there for a second so she can adjust he lifts her hips and begins to play with her clit while carefully withdrawing and pushing back in until she's pushing back on him and he begins to fuck her harder she comes and he follows shortly after almost blacking out from how intense it is i'd pulled out at the very last moment so i could watch as my orgasm laced her ass and back with cum drops and rivulets like some kind of rain dripping down the pleated rows of her entrance and over the curves of her back and hips. Pleated rose. Yeah. Pleated rose. That is the <laughs> nicest way. Her little bum hole. Yeah, her little butt star. Cute little butt star. <laughs> 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 puckered little booty she commands him to clean her up so he obediently gets a little cloth and does as she says while massaging her and whispering sweet things to her they get dressed and start to discuss business for the fundraiser and the other things going on in the church but tyler can smell the oil on her and can't stop thinking about how badly he wants her that night he's laying in bed thinking and he texts poppy asking if he can come over and she says yes when he gets there, she invites him in and grabs them both drinks and he pulls out a small gift for her. She opens it and she's shocked because it's Lizzie's rosary. Very sweet. Yeah, but like, 
That's quite the gift. Yep, it is. Poppy tries to decline, but Tyler tells her that Lizzie would have loved her just as much as he does and tells her that he'll teach her how to use it. He's walking her through how to pray using the rosary when he realizes that he is like 100% absolutely in love with Poppy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The next day, he decides to go to confession at his priest friend's church, but when he tells Jordan, so Jordan is his priest friend, what he's here for, his friend refuses him saying that God told him there was a woman and that Tyler isn't willing to give her up, so he doesn't want to hear his confession and like i don't understand how he knew that but like i guess god told him yeah apparently jordan has like a direct link with god is he like upset with tyler about it kind of he's like Uh why i don't want you confessing to me because i know that you don't want to stop what you're doing so confessing is pointless so like i don't want to hear about it okay i get that okay jordan tells him that he knows tyler broke his vows and promises not to tell the bishop but warns him to be careful a week passes and tyler and poppy spend every free minute they have fucking and spending time together and he's starting to consider calling the bishop and telling him that he doesn't want to be a priest anymore he wants a real life with poppy not a secret one as you should yeah do that but at the same time he doesn't want to give up everything he's built at the church and he begins to spiral and he's very concerned about the reason that he's leaving going public because then he would be like the sexually abusive priest when he worked so hard to like undo that from the church because of his sister yeah tyler looks over to poppy who's sleeping next to him and he immediately gets hard because of course this man he gets hard so easily he does i slipped a hand down between us as i turned my body towards hers finding those soft lips between her legs and I started teasing them apart, flicking my fingers across her clit and over the frilled pink skin around her entrance. What a description. What a description. Frilled pink skin around her entrance. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> Poppy's legs fall open, but she doesn't wake up as he begins to lick and suck on her breasts. He crawls between her legs and she wakes up as he pushes himself into her and she smiles saying she likes waking up like this. So she crawls on top of him and begins to ride him as he looks up, admiring how beautiful she is. From this angle, I could see the needy bud being rubbed against my pelvis, the tiniest glimpse of where I was filling her and stretching her, and fuck, I could lose it right now if I wasn't careful. That's my girl, I whispered. Use me to come. There you go. You're so fucking sexy right now. Come on, baby. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. (laughs) Bud. I don't know. The bud. Her needy bud. <laughs> Poppy comes and he flips them so he's on top of her. I reached under her and found what I wanted. The tight little rim behind her cunt. He loves a good asshole. <laughs> he does. He really does. <laughs> she pressed herself into the mattress as if trying to get away from my touch, but that wouldn't do. Wouldn't do at all because I had plans for that part of her that extended well beyond what one fingertip could do. Are you saying no? She bit her lip and then shook her head. Not a no. Yes. Then give me your ass, I growled in her ear. Give it to me, and then I won't have to take it. Give me your asshole. (laughs) Give me that ass. Tyler reaches into the nightstand and pulls out a bottle of lube and begins to finger both her holes before shoving his dick right into her ass. She tells him she's going to come again as he fucks her hard and fast, and she orders him to fuck her like he wants her to be his. I pulled her closer, stabbing into her narrow opening over and over (laughs) again. Stabbing, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Watching her crest and peak as she continued to beg me 
to make her mine. And how could she not see that she already was, that I was already hers? We belonged to each other, and as I watched her cunt pulse with her orgasm, as I sank up to the hill and shot my load inside of her, I realized that there was no undoing that, no untangling what had become so tangled over the past month and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're stuck there, buddy. <sighs> right in her ass. Right in her booty hole. As he cleans her up, she tells him she doesn't know how long they can do this for because she's in love with him and knows that he loves her too, but she's scared he's going to leave once he's forced to make a choice between her and the church. And even if he did choose her, she doesn't want him to hate her for being the reason he threw his entire life as a priest away. And then she tells him she thinks that he should leave. So she kicks him out. She's like, actually, you got to go again. I feel like she's feeling a lot of guilt. She is. Yeah. He walks back to his house asking God for advice, but doesn't hear any sort of response. And as he's about to walk inside, he runs into Millie, who says that she always goes for an early morning walk and that she knows what's been going on between him and Poppy. And then he falls to his knees, begging her not to rat him out, but she just tells him to be careful. So this is the second time he's been told to be careful. If he gets caught, he'll just be another priest in town caught in the middle of a sex scandal, and it'll undo everything he's ever done for the church. She says that Poppy deserves more than just being a secret mistress and walks away. True. He goes for a long run before opening up the church for mass, and he fumbles his way through the service, clearly distracted by his turmoil. But Poppy isn't there. After mass, there's a man waiting for him, and when everyone leaves, the man asks him if he's Tyler Bell. And Tyler says yes and asks how he can help, and the man says he just likes to know the size and shape of his competition. And Tyler realizes that this is Sterling Haverford the third. The third. I don't get it, though, because I thought Sterling was like, you're not wifey material. You are a hoe. He likes her being a hoe because he can fuck hoes on the side mm-hmm. while he okay. still has like his picture perfect wife. Mm-hmm. So he wants his hoe back. He wants his hoe back. <laughs> Tyler says that he must be mistaken. Poppy is just one of the churchgoers who's thinking about converting. And Sterling is like, yeah, OK, dude, like clearly not buying it. And he asks if Poppy has mentioned him in confession. And Tyler says that that's confidential. How does Sterling know that they be fucking? You'll find out. Okay. Okay. Right. Of course. Well, maybe she wouldn't want to confess things about me after all. How many times I can make her come. How loudly she cries my name. All the places I've fucked her. You know, I once fucked her mere feet away from a U.S. senator during an art opening at the Met. She was always good to go. For me, at least. Okay, little do you know, Sterling, they be fucking in churches. They do. Tyler tries to play it off like he doesn't understand why Sterling would be saying all of this, but Sterling pulls out an envelope. Tyler opens it, and it's photos of him and Poppy kissing taken from outside her kitchen window, and Sterling has been having Poppy followed. So he hired a PI. So this oh. that's how he knows. Which, like, you really are obsessed with fucking her as a side chick that badly that you need to have her followed. Yeah, what the fuck? Yep. Fucking Sterling Haverford third. Fuck you. He tells Tyler that he wants Poppy to come back to New York with him. He doesn't love his wife and he wants Poppy. So he wants to be married to his wife, but he wants Poppy immediately available to him. No, bitch. As if she's a common whore. Yeah, she's a fancy whore. And he tells Tyler that he always gets what he wants. Tyler tells him 
and that the choice is Poppy's, and Sterling just waves his hand and walks out of the church. He tries to call and text Poppy, but she doesn't respond, and by the end of the day, he decides to take a jog over to her house. Her car's in the driveway, but she doesn't answer the door, so he lets himself in and sees her keys on the table, but not her phone or anything else. And his gut is telling him that she's with Sterling right now. He checks a few places in town just to make sure she's not there, but he doesn't find her. And at the end of the day, he still hasn't heard from her, but he does have a missed call from the bishop, but he decides to ignore it. When he gets a text from an unknown number, it's a photo of Poppy in the backseat of a car, and he realizes that he has no right to be upset or jealous that she's obviously with Sterling, so he does a bunch of random stuff to distract himself for the rest of the night. The next morning, he goes to the pancake breakfast, and Millie tells him that Poppy called out sick. When he gets back home, he has another missed call from the bishop, but he ignores it again. He gets super drunk and begins to work out furiously to drown out his thoughts when Poppy walks in the door wearing the same outfit from the picture the day before. Oh, Yeah. She kisses him and he slides her panties to the side and begins to finger her trying to reclaim what Sterling may have taken from him, and he tells her to get on her hands and knees facing away from him. She tries to speak, but he tells her not to say a fucking word, and he's obviously very angry. Yeah, and he's been drinking. Yikes. He's like all roided out, like pumped up from working out. It's not a good combo. No. I pulled my shorts down to expose my cock. Nothing in my mind but fucking that pussy. But the moment I notched my head against her cleft, my jealousy got the better of me. My jealousy and perhaps my conscience, which was beaten and gagged, but still not ready to let me fuck a woman drunk and in anger. So I withdrew, and instead of having sex with her, I fisted my cock, staring at her ass as I stroked myself. It was not quiet. I grunted every time my hand slid back up over my glands. Ew. My glands. (laughs) And my hand and my dick made the distinctive sound of jacking off, and Poppy cried out, starting to turn back to me. What is happening? He's just angry jerking. I'm too nice to fuck her while I'm like this, so I'll just angrily jerk (coughs) off and staring (coughs) into that eye of her (laughs) ass. Her third eye. She whines to him that this isn't fair, that she wants him to fuck her, and he doesn't feel like she deserves it, so he spanks her while he jerks off and comes all over her clothes. The disrespect. Yeah, that's fucked up. I would be so mad. He cleans her up the best he can and tells her to go home, but she refuses because she doesn't want to leave him like this, all drunk and angry. She leads him to the bathroom and pulls him into the shower, and she has no idea why he's so angry with her. So she gets in the shower with him and tells him to kneel so she can wash his hair. As she does this, he realizes that he's not angry anymore. He tries to go down on her, but she says no, she's taking care of him. They rinse off, and she puts him to bed, and he tells her that he knows she was with Sterling, and she says that she knows that he knows, but tells him that nothing happened and she only wants him. The next morning, he wakes up to Poppy wearing clean clothes and she tells him to get dressed. She's taking him somewhere, so he does, and while they drive, she explains that she went to dinner with Sterling to tell him that she's done and wants nothing to do with him. They stayed up late talking and she fell asleep at his hotel, but nothing happened. Why'd you have to go to his hotel? Yeah. Yeah. Have his driver drive you back. Yeah. I would probably omit that part. Wouldn't say that. Tyler tells her that Millie knows about them and she tells him that he doesn't need to choose between her and the church unless he wants to. She pulls the car over and crawls onto his lap and tells him she loves him so much and she's so sorry for everything. He tries to touch her, but she tells him that he needs to save it for what she has planned for him. And she drives him to the club where she works and takes him into a private room. Ooh. And he doesn't have to pay cover charges, parking fees, Look at that coat man. check. A freebie. Getting in for free. She leaves him in the room to get ready, and when she comes back, she's wearing a blue wig, heavy eyeliner, and expensive lingerie with six-inch heels. Weird choice. 
<laughs> Very weird choice. She asks for his wallet and he hands it over to her. And so she puts some bills in it and tells him she wants to play a game where he's the client and she's the dancer. She begins to dance for him. And when he tries to touch her, she tells him that that costs money. So he hands over some of the money she put in his wallet and she straddles him. She tells him that if he wants, he can see her pussy. And he says, yes, please. So he hands over more money and she sits back spreading her legs for him and begins to touch herself. He stands up and walks to her, running his hands up her thighs. You want to stick your fingers inside me? She asked. I nodded, taking my thumbs and spreading her folds apart, moving that smooth pink flesh aside so that her entrance was completely exposed, begging for fingers or a cock. It's going to cost you, she said mischievously, placing her hands over mine. Money, please. Oh, saucy. He has a sugar mama, too. He does. He's got it made. Yeah, Yeah. good for him. He hands over more money and pushes her down onto his two fingers and asks her if she comes, does that mean that she has to pay him? She laughs until she begins to gasp as she comes, and she looks at his erection, asking if he wants her to put it in her mouth. He hands over more money and uses the silk ribbon tied around her neck to create a leash and pulls her to him. So she had, like, this silk choker necklace, and he just, like grabs it and uses it to drag her around. I paid you to suck, I hissed. You can either suck me on your own or I can make you do it. So unless you want that, you better open that pretty little mouth and do your fucking job. She was covered in goosebumps and I didn't miss the way she tried to rub her thighs together. Impatiently, I stuck a finger between her lips and forced them apart. Put me in your mouth, I warned, or there will be hell to pay. (laughs) Put me in your mouth. Put me in your mouth. Suck my dad. He grabs her head and begins to fuck her mouth while degrading her with his words. He pulls out right before he's about to come and asks her how much to fuck. She says they aren't supposed to do that, but he doesn't care, so she tells him the rest of the money in this wallet. So he throws the money on the ground, and I guess it's like $700. Damn. Yeah. And he tells her to take off her panties and pick the cash up with her mouth. (laughs) Dirty. Okay. No. (laughs) She does, and when she gets on her hands and knees to do as he says, he walks behind her and thrusts into her. And as he begins to fuck her he starts to get angry again that she's been in this room with other men as he gets more and more worked up he pulls her on top of him so she's straddling his lap and facing him and tells her that he can't fuck her from behind like that because it makes him want to hurt her she grinds over him and says that she knows that's why she brought him here so he could reclaim that part of her she wants to bring him to every place she's ever fucked someone so he can rewrite her past after debating about how he doesn't want to treat her like property they agree to make it rough again and it just reinforces the love that he has for her just as he's about to come he pulls out and pushes her down onto her knees the leash in one hand the other hand with its rough grip and brutal pressure on my cock using the wetness she'd left on me as lubrication and it only took a few rough tugs before i shot streams of semen on her waiting lips on her swan's neck what (laughs) her swan's neck she got the neck of a swan (laughs) she got a long ass neck (laughs) (laughs) On the fringes of her long eyelashes, the tip of her tongue, pointed in pink, licked a drop off her upper lip, and then she gave me a soft, happy look that sent one more jet of cum out to land on her collarbone. Her eyelashes? If I got cum on my eyelashes, (laughs) I would be pissed. Oh, help me. Have you ever had cum in your eye? Yeah, it hurts. It fucking hurts. No, I don't want it in, like, on my face at all. Below the nose. Below the nose. She got paid for it, so. I mean, it was her own money, so maybe she didn't. <laughs> I was just saying, it was her money. <laughs> As they lay together, breathing heavily, all his jealousy is gone. As they drive home, he decides he wants to marry her and that him leaving the clergy won't make him love God any less. 
He goes home after dropping Poppy off and decides tomorrow's mass is the last mass he'll ever do, and he plans to tell Poppy what he realized afterwards. He gives a sermon about how it's okay to be a sinner as long as you love God and treat your neighbors as you would yourself, and he plans on calling the bishop after church to resign and then immediately going over to Poppy's house to propose. After mass, he doesn't see Poppy, but he goes to his office to call the bishop. The bishop doesn't answer, so he leaves a voicemail with his resignation. He picks a bouquet of flowers to use in place of a ring since he can't afford one and walks to her house. He knocks, but she doesn't answer, so he walks in and hears her laughing and the voice of a man saying, come on, you know you want to. He walks to the room and peeks through the door and sees Poppy with Sterling. Sterling leans in and kisses her and she kisses him back. (gasps) I know, I know. He drops the flowers and walks back to his house in shock. He drives to Jordan's, his priest friend's house, and confesses everything. He tells him everything that they did. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Jordan asks if Tyler wants to go back to the church if he can't be with Poppy, and Tyler says yes. Jordan gives him his penance, which is a full day, to just spend with God. So he's like, no distractions, just sit in the church, talk to God, and see what he says back to you. He stays with Jordan the rest of the night, and around 2 a.m., the bishop calls. And Tyler answers and says to ignore the voicemail, he doesn't want to leave the clergy, and the bishop says, unfortunately, that isn't an option anymore because some things have come to light. The pictures of him and Poppy have been released. (gasps) Yep. After a brief conversation, the bishop says that he can try and call the cardinal and get him a job at a new location, and Tyler thanks him and apologizes profusely. So I guess since he's such a good priest, the bishop is like, we're going to try and work something out. You can't stay at your location with all of this coming out. We'll try and find something else for you. Let me see if I can pull some strings. What were the pictures of? Just them kissing. Yeah, through the kitchen window from the PI. So Sterling ended up releasing them. Are priests not allowed? You can't do anything. Like they never get married or anything? Mm-mm. Not a priest, not a Catholic priest. Traditionally, yeah. No. I think I'm thinking of like a pastor. Pastors can do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. The next day, he sits in Jordan's church to do his penance. He asks God questions, but hears no reply. He has this epiphany about leaving the church, not for poppy but to do some actual good in the world and then in his head he hears yes so he's like this is what god wants me to do okay he calls the bishop to tell him that he won't be returning after all and he feels at peace with this so this is the first time in the entire book that he's felt like okay with the decision that he's making Mm -hmm. the next week he said goodbye to his parish and packed up his home he stops by poppy's but it's empty she's gone so she completely moved out packed everything up and he hasn't heard anything from her what the fuck poppy a bitch he's staying with his brother and he still hasn't heard from poppy and he has no idea what to do next two months have passed and he goes to the strip club with his brother so the one that poppy works at he asks the door girl about poppy but he's told that she left giving hardly any notice but the girl gives him an envelope that she'd left with his name written on it and inside is lizzie's rosary and he knows that it's completely over between the two of them what the fuck about a month later he's on a plane to kenya to dig wells So that's what he did. He decided to go to Africa and contribute by digging wells. Yeah. I don't think it's called mission work when you're a Catholic, but it's like similar to mission work. Yeah. He's there for seven months before he comes back and he's all buff with a full beard, but he's still thinking about Poppy constantly. He decides he's going to go get his PhD in New Jersey and his mom like hates his beard. And there's this scene where she's like in the kitchen, like cutting his beard with scissors. Cause she's like, I fucking hate this beard. This is atrocious. (laughs) He gets his own apartment close to his campus and tries to find out where Poppy lives because she lives in New York City. So he's like, well, if I go to New Jersey, then I'll probably run into Poppy at some point. (laughs) Okay. Better to avoid 
decide where she's gonna be at. Yeah, <laughs> not to follow. I gotta know her. where she is. So he like does like Google searches on her, but can't find where she lives because remember she's kind of famous. Yeah, because yeah. her parents are rich. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing about her online, and he even calls her parents to ask where she lives, but they obviously aren't going to give him her address because he's some strange he's man. random man. Yeah. yeah. They're like, um, do you think we would give that to you? No. No, sir. No, we would not. So he decides to go to Sterling's work building. The receptionist recognizes Tyler from all these like hot priest memes that went viral. So he's kind of famous online because when the pictures got yeah. released, everyone was like thirsting after the hot priest. Yeah. The receptionist is like, oh my God, the hot priest and puts him right on the schedule to see Sterling. But before he goes into the meeting that she put him on for, she gives him her phone number in case he feels like breaking his vows again before quickly taking a selfie with him. Uh, yes. He walks into the office and Sterling gets up, shaking his hand, asking how the hell he is, and asks how Poppy's doing. And Tyler's confused because he has no idea. He thought that Poppy left to be with Sterling. Yeah. Sterling apologizes about releasing the photos and says that he and Poppy were never what he thought they were. And he tells Tyler that she kissed him that night to try and get him not to release the photos and immediately kicked him out, so he got pissed and released them anyway. Sterling has been keeping tabs on Poppy and gives Tyler her address, and Tyler leaves realizing that he's forgiven Sterling for everything. Also, Sterling, leave it alone. Why do you still have this bitch's address? I know. Like being a crazy stalker. He's like, I realized we were never what I thought we, I was, but hey. But I just st- in case. I still watch her. <laughs> I still watch her. You want her address? Yeah. <laughs> Tyler decides he's going to return the rosary to poppy and move on with his life the address is at a dance studio that was opened in poppy's family's name so like since she was a sexy dancer she also has a passion for like regular dancing so she opened her own dance studio because she was gonna go to juilliard but that wasn't like in the family plan yeah When he gets there, nobody's there, so he goes to a bodega to grab a drink and sees a nearby church to wait in until he can go back to find her. He walks in to see Poppy praying, so he calls her name out and she turns around shocked. She starts to cry and throws herself into his arms, telling him that she's so sorry. She left so he didn't have to feel like he needed to leave the clergy. She knew he could see when she kissed Sterling, but she needed him to leave her. So she made a move on Sterling knowing that Tyler was watching, so so he didn't have to make the choice. Yeah. Aww. She's like, I did this for you. I kissed another man for you. I did it for you. He says that being with her was just as much his choice as hers. And he tells her he left the church, but not because of her and hands her the rosary and said that he was on his way to her house that night to propose and that the offer still stands. And she says, yes. Ah! Yay! I didn't care where we were or who might see us. I unzipped my jeans, yanked her pants down to her knees, and brought her wet heat against my cock, grinding against her half-wrestling and half-tumbling to the narrow space of the floor between the pews until I could knee her legs apart and push my way inside. It was short and rough and loud, but it was perfect. Just me and Poppy and God in his tabernacle, standing watch over us both. Just a threesome with God. Yeah. (laughs) God's like, get it, bro. (laughs) We switch to the epilogue, and the epilogue is in Poppy's POV. It's right before the wedding, and they're in a small room in the chapel. It's difficult to see inside. We've locked the thin wooden door, but it does nothing to muffle the sounds. And as quiet as I am, there's no mistaking the rustle of my dress and my frantic breathing as your fingers move past my clit to the wet folds of my cunt. I feel the wide head of your cock notching into my folds, and you don't give me a moment to catch my breath. You simply pierce me without preamble, and I'm trying so hard not to moan, but it's 
so delicious. You and your tux and my wedding dress hiked up like a teenager's dress in a prom hotel, and your hands so firm and insistent against my mouth as you pound into me with rough, uncaring strokes. <gasps> Naughty. He tells her that nobody out in the chapel knows that she's getting fucked like a whore in her wedding dress, and he fucks her hard with his hand over her mouth until they both come. He cleans them both up, and they can hear the music starting as the bridesmaids begin to walk down the aisle. They rush out in time for Poppy's dad to walk her down the aisle to him, and they get married, and they're both happy and in love. The end. Yeah. Damn. What a story. (laughs) So, Riley, how many red pepper emojis do you give this one? I think I'd give it, like, four and a half. It's pretty good. I like that. The added element of, you know, like, doing things when you shouldn't be. (gasps) Saucy. Forbidden. Saucy, yeah. I love it. And do you think that Tyler is hot? Yes. He's Father Bell. Father Bell. Mm. It's Tyler Bell. Father Bell. Mm. Yes, Father. Would you trade places with Poppy? Hmm. (laughs) Well, that's a question. Huh. (laughs) Possibly. Sounds like she's got money. She's got a good life. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Besides, like, her family drama and her crazy stalker ex-boyfriend. Yeah, there's that. But you get a hot little husband. A little priest man. Yeah. A father and a daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Would you guys? Probably. Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. I could do it. Yeah. Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, why not? (laughs) When in Rome. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I I definitely think I would feel really guilty, though, like, trying to fuck a priest. Sabotaging his entire life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only part that I would be a really upset with yeah all right so next week we're gonna be telling riley all about marrow by bryn weaver and trisha wolf and we're gonna have her look at the cover and give us her best guess on what it might be about this is a hard one (laughs) yeah it's got like a i think a rib cage is what it looks like with some flowers i feel like it may be some like dark romance i definitely think it's gonna be a dark romance possibly some like paranormal romance maybe like a shadow daddy type thing okay i don't know love a good shadow daddy possibly like a crime one if not paranormal crime related okay all right if you liked this episode make sure you rate review and subscribe follow us on instagram and facebook at smut up and listen podcast and on tiktok at smut up and listen tell your friends but not your mom and we'll see you later you horny little rats